Hey, what's up? This is Chris Gray, and you're listening to the ZFM Sport Podcast. Lionel Messi has conquered his final peak. Lionel Messi has shaken hands with paradise. Time for the biggest sports stories. Max Verstappen has taken the checkered flag to win the Japanese Grand Prix. Max Verstappen, two-time world champion. The biggest interviews. These are happy tears, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. And I wouldn't be Serena if it wasn't Venus. So thank you, Venus. And all the analysis right here. There's no question that LeBron James at the worst is the top three player in the history of basketball since the game was invented. I don't want to hear that. It's just blasphemous. Let me finish. Let you finish. I'll let you talk. Every weekday, it's my sport. It's your sport. It's CFM Sport. Let's join the team for the biggest show in the world of sport on CFM Stereo. My station, your station. It's a Wacky Wednesday. A word of advice, brace yourself because on this evening's show, we carry not just the leading sports stories in the world of sport, local and international. We carry a bit of music and certainly plenty of banter and we'll assure you, we'll veer off the script from time <laughs> to time to discuss issues that have got absolutely nothing to do with the world of sport. Good evening, Zimbabwe. My name is Mike Madonna. Joining me is Chris Meadzi. We are forming a two man attack today on the show the man who's pulling the strings you could call him the manager is Sean Tafirenika. What can you expect on the home front? Zimbabwe netball coach Ropafadzo Mutsawuki says they are looking at addressing the challenge of height within the team as they step up preparations for the netball world cup in international sport we go stateside where the LA Clippers have suffered a big blow as all-star guard Paul George suffered a knee injury which keep him out of action as the battle for playoff spots intensifies in the Western Conference. In Around the World in 60, we have updates from New Zealand, India, Serbia, as well as the Ukraine. In the second half of the show is the beautiful game where we start on the continent. Newly appointed head coach of the Ghana Black Stars, Chris Hewton, says his focus is to develop a winning team. In France, Julian Nuren says there's no surpri- it was no surprise that Kylian Mbappe was named the new captain of the national football team. And Gareth Southgate's squad for England's upcoming Euro 2024 qualifiers against Italy and Ukraine has attracted criticism as the manager made a couple of notable omissions. How is it, guys? Elvis, WPF. This is the bomb. All Africa heavyweight champion two-time. Uh, you are listening to ZFM Sports. The Home Front. Local sports news and analysis. The number in the studio is 0731-168045. And that's where you can send your message. We're going to be discussing a lot of things, but mainly, of course, we're going to be touching on the football in the second half of the show. Let's start off your local sports news roundup with some boxing news where Zimbabwe boxer Kudakwashi take Manichi Wandile's handlers feel the fighter stands a chance to be awarded a rematch against the World Boxing Council super bantamweight champion Yamileth Mercado of Mexico. While there was no rematch clause, 
in the contract signed by Chiwandere for the hefty fight. The circumstances preceding the showdown were unfavorable for the boxer and her management, Delta Force, who feel they have a firm ground to argue their case. Mike, this is not something that's normally awarded in the first place. Yeah. But it's also not in the contract in this situation. Yeah, so, so I, I think they're going to have to go on the goodwill uh, mm. of the organizers, the goodwill of the World Boxing Council, uh, whether they feel that uh, Chiwandere deserves a, a rematch. I think she does because the circumstances were hardly ideal. Yeah. Uh, trying to get her visa, the weather, uh, which kept her hold up in Europe and uh, meaning that, of course, that the plane couldn't uh, fly into Mexico. There was a lot going on around there, which meant that she couldn't give her best in that bout. But the technicality is there was nothing stipulated in the contract. Mm. And if another bigger fighter comes along, uh, a well-paying job comes along for Yemen yeah. Makado, we expect she'll probably fulfill that fixture instead of this one against Take Shua Hu. I'm quite sure she feared in the first place. You, you call it take sure, take money. Oh, take money. I always could call it take sure. <laughs> uh, take money, yeah, surely. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Alice, you've been following her journey quite keenly. And this time, in terms of her preparation, in terms of the run out, and also just what she was doing in the gym, she looked like she was ready for this fight more than any other. Yeah, I think uh, she, she as, a, as a boxer, uh, has been uh, very eager. Uh, to go for it, you know, uh, training hard, but uh, I think she has been let down by uh, a whole lot of uh, stakeholders mm-hmm. uh, that didn't come to the party. Here, as a boxer, very determined, you know, uh, I, 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 my heart bleeds for her, mm-hmm. you know, because she is not getting the support that she she really deserves. You know, this is huge. The uh, world boxing title fight is very huge, but uh, in Zimbabwe, it seems like just nothing. It's like an amateur mm. uh, it's like an zone football match. In rugby news, Zimbabwe referee Precious Pazani will do duty in the Women's Six Nations tournament which kicks off this weekend. Pazani who's the reigning Zimbabwe Rugby Referees Society Referee of the Year will be the assistant referee when England faces Scotland on the competition's opening day on Saturday. And we'll finish off with some swimming news. Zimbabwe swimmers Alexis Johnson and Anya Van Ass posted personal best times in the 400 metre free star finals at the ongoing South Africa Junior National Championships in Durban last night. Johnson in the girls under 13 posted a personal best of 4 minutes 54.58 seconds to finish 6th and Van Aas finished 13th in a time of 4 minutes of 45.55 seconds. I was about to have a Jacob Zuma moment today <laughs> to set a new personal best. The Warriors, the Chevrons, the Cheetahs, the Mighty Warriors, and the Sables. From the pool to the track to the field, we are Team Zimbabwe. All right, let's get into our feature news. And we're talking netball, where the national netball team coach, Roba Fadzo Mutsaoki, says that they're looking at addressing the challenge of height within the team, which is one of their main concerns as they step up preparations for the 2023 Netball World Cup. The senior national team regrouped at Prince Edward School last week for a month-long training camp. Let's hear from Zimbabwe netball team coach, Roba Fadzo Mutsaoki. We started our preparations... Uh, very well so far, no problem, no complain about our uh, preparation so far. Uh, uh, yes, the whole team I think needs attention because all departments was the uh, time the Trukupa could break off season. Zakawanda, Zunodaku, Patim, and Ulozam Gambutamba, 
muka breaka muka zoka saka andina area ya tuya tuya sumezu tukunya nyo concentrate this department all departments needs attention and the tinoda kutitinia so create a coordination because wawane time wasilivese and um, in terms of height yes we don't have a height a, in our team but chiri important ndecho kuzizisa wana a skill you could depend on munu mrefu and kujamba and watina wewa nukuti height inu nye ya kushanda kudefense ne kushooting saka kana tika wadziza kuti eh kudefense tino jamba kushika papi towe zira eh kutrena nenye ya jambu hizo sunotu batzira kukosa wapana patingati isu suto gazira height time ya pera sayo so we must work nesha trinazo then tokwa nisa kukompromisa kutitibudise marizaos that's the Zimbabwe netball team coach Ropa Fadzo Mutsaoki speaking on the preparations that the national team are going through uh, and some of his hopes and expectations as the team is camped out at Prince Edward School in the capital Harare. Chris, I want to start with you. Uh, one of the obvious uh, issues that has been uh, brought up is the issue of height. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. there's pretty much nothing we can do about that. So yeah. we're going to have to come up with a way of playing yeah. that mitigates against that challenge. Yeah. And when you're taking a look at something like height, it goes back to our discovery systems in terms of our players, how young they are when we select them, all of that. So that's not something that can be addressed immediately. And also just genetically, whether it's taking a look at our cricketers, our basketball players, anybody in general, Zimbabweans, when it comes to height, that's not our advantage generally from a genetic perspective. So there's nothing that we can expect the coach to do. But I think in terms of developing a playing style, something that he pointed out that's very important is this team playing together and playing together well is also very important for these players to gel. You can work on technical aspects, you can work on this team playing very fluidly together. Those are things that they can work on but the height, unfortunately outside of, I don't know, all these players breaking their legs and having them extended there's literally nothing. There's nothing nothing we can do uh, but uh, what we can do is, um, again uh, Alois, is come up with a playing style uh, that means that hopefully we'll see us accentuate our own qualities. So we might not have height, but we could have speed and speed of movement. We could move the ball a lot quicker and then trouble uh, the opposition teams in that manner. And then also, uh, when we are defending, we should defend as a team in numbers to make sure that we're not allowing the opposition teams easy transitions. Yeah, uh, I think I think you you spot one day, especially when we are attacking. You know, I, I follow I followed netball uh, from primary school. Mm. You know, we used to love uh, watching watching netball. It's 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 more to do with how many goals you are going to score mm-hmm. because sometimes it's you get the ball you score they get it you also score they also score so it's about how many times they don't score when they get the position mm-hmm. you know because when you look at the situation of height it's very difficult when you're short to defend or they'll just blow the ball you just play the ball in the air. Yes. You know, it's like the shooter is just standing there. Mm-hmm. They just put it high up there. Yeah, they just, she just picks it up. And then yeah, she, she yeah, just shoots yeah. it. So it's, it's easy m- for her. Yes. It's more to do with how much we are going to be moving, like you said, our movement and making sure that for every position that we get, 
we 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 create scoring opportunities mm. or we're able to score. But, but score. even we're even even score. in that as well, you know, I, I watched Malawi play, and when Malawi plays, uh, Chris, they use their speed in terms of intercepting the ball. Mm-hmm. So whilst they cannot get the ball uh, in terms of height, but they try and intercept yeah. the ball whilst it's moving from between player and player, and that is one thing. So if Malawi can do that, and they've got a similar uh, biological makeup to us, mm-hmm. I think we should be looking at them as well and saying, you know what, guys. Let's try and move as quickly as the Malawians do in order to shut down the spaces yeah. and get those intercepts. Because Aloy's talked about, you know what, it's about preventing the team scoring whenever they're in possession. Yes, yeah. yes. And when you take a look at things like what another team with a similar genetic makeup is doing, I think it's also very important not to try and reinvent the wheel. If mm. something is working, it's working. Yeah. We take it and we adapt it. But again, I wish we applied more science here. I think just depending on what they're doing in terms of their measurement, in terms of tracking those performances, there's data that could give them additional insights into what they can do to use our own specific uh, makeup to our advantage. So fingers crossed there's something in the works there that they're using in terms of tracking the data. Of course, uh, the 2023 Netball World Cup is due to take place from the 28th of July to August the 6th in Cape Town, South Africa with 16 countries competing. Zimbabwe is in Group A together with Australia, Fiji and the Kingdom of Tonga. Now, in that group, Australia, I think to be honest, it's not being pessimistic. We can write that one off. (laughs) Australia are the number one ranked team in the world. world. Uh, And quite clearly better than even the likes of New Zealand and England and Jamaica uh, and South Africa, who are some of the best uh, performing teams out in the world. Also, of concern is the fact that Tonga is actually ranked ahead of Zimbabwe. They're yeah. ranked number seven in the world. So they're not mugs. The only team that is ranked be- beneath us in that group is Fiji. Fiji are ranked 19th, while Zimbabwe we've dropped to down to number 13. Remember, we're in the top 10 yeah. at some time mm-hmm. uh, after that World Cup in Liverpool. So in this group, Alois, we're going to have to make sure that we win versus Fiji. We cannot allow for an upset. We cannot allow for complacency. And then we're going to have to go hell for leather against Tonga. Yeah, uh, most definitely, my God. The Fiji game is the game to win. Uh, if we are doing going to apply sports science, statistics, and mm. everything that we need to do, like Chris said, it's about the Fiji game. Yes. Fiji, Fiji, Fiji. We need to analysis. analyze. Yes. We should be getting the videos now. Yes. Analyzing everything about and know Fiji. everything about Fiji. Yes, everything about Fiji. We need to do everything that we can scientifically, uh, technically, uh, talent-wise. We need to beat Fiji because we can, we can, we can win the other match and. Uh, like you say, it's the New Zealand game. So we are fighting for number two. Yeah, yeah so that we qualify for the next stage. So it's going to yeah. be very interesting. Now, I want to talk about an issue, Chris, that's possibly uh, close to your heart. Uh, we, we talked about uh, our leading boxer earlier mm-hmm. uh, during the local sports news wrap where we yeah. talked about Kudakwashi um, take money to one And Alois, in his comments, said that uh, there are certain things that didn't come together for her yeah. in terms of getting the support that she needed to make sure that, you know what, she was not trying to fly to Mexico just a couple of days uh, before just the before, fight. Just yeah. before, mm-hmm. so, so that could have all been averted if she had received uh, better personal endorsements than she received. We take a look at our netball team and as a team, returning to the World Cup, successive Mm. qualification for the World Cup makes them arguably the most successful sporting team 
that Zimbabwe has ever had. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's think about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. they, they, they're arguably the most successful sporting team we've ever had ever as had. far as... True um, yeah. World Cup yeah. Maybe the cricket team, uh, They, I think the cricket team uh, participated at more World Cups uh, running. But apart from the cricket team, I don't think any other team has qualified for, not least of all, the soccer team has never qualified for... <laughs> Our beloved for, Warriors. For, so they're a very successful team. Yeah. The endorsements haven't been coming. We even shifted to the individual stars where the captain, Felista Squangwa, is playing for one of the top teams in the Sorry world. Storm. But still, we don't see any endorsements coming whatsoever from corporate Zimbabwe. We don't. And so I'm going to split this blame 50-50. 50% for me lies with our netball association. Here's why. Mm. If we went to that first World Cup and literally getting the gems to that World Cup was now an issue of the our diasporans out in the UK who came together strongly to they ensure did, yeah. that, that, that that UK trip, everything was sorted out, their arrival, the support base, everything. But also there was a bit of a rally um, in terms of our government support as well. There was a dinner that was held, there was fundraising. Last minute. If you as the netball association are learning something Mm. from that world cup surely this time all of the things in terms of sponsorship packages in terms of rallying around it should have been an easier sell and it should have been done by now they should not be camped out at prince edward school by no means should a national team and previously they were actually camped out the the whole time It's it's absolutely ludicrous and it goes back to the association itself needs to take responsibility for rallying corporate Zimbabwe, for rallying individual. It's Mbinga. People who call mm. themselves Mbinga mm-hmm. should be a part of this process, but we don't see that. Why? We're not bringing them in. But also, I'm going to take a look at corporate Zimbabwe and say, corporate Zimbabwe is not necessarily willing to put their dollars where they're not seeing a direct return. And I'm saying a direct return because here's what's happening in a lot of discussions. If we are placing $50,000, what are we getting in terms of signups for whatever product that it is? How many units are we selling? But that's not the way that we know the sponsorship dollars work. That's not how they're activated. That's not how they work. So it's it's for me 50-50 between the association, but also corporate Zimbabwe needing to step up and support our sporting associations yeah. that are actually doing well. Because I don't think we've had this many struggles when it comes to any men's team. Yeah, whether absolutely. it's the Chevron's playing badly, whether it's the Warriors playing badly, but when it's take money, when it's the gems, there is such limited support. And these are people who are putting the country on the map. I'm going to... Um, actually, no. Let me break my, my blame into three parts. I would also like for the government to take a bit of responsibility here as well. When we're taking a look at our leadership in terms of sport... I would like for responsibility to be taken there because at some point they also could have done a rallying cry with us to corporate Zimbabwe, to individuals to yeah. ensure that there is support for all of these sporting codes and for our athletes that are doing well. Yeah, so Chris has touched on three uh, things. Uh, Alois uh, talked about, of course, uh, the association itself, talked about corporate Zimbabwe and then the government. Uh, I, I want to talk about the fact that our associations don't do much, I think, to actually unlock value. Uh, this would have been for me a slam dunk such an easy sell but I'm just wondering was there anyone from the association who upon qualifying for the World Cup approached corporate Zimbabwe okay with something really tangible not just with the begging bowl saying hey you know what give us the money has anyone written anything and and approached government for this or we're going to have government having to step in at the very last minute with two weeks to go where the dollars could have been used 
two or three months prior to that. And then we expect government to step in to rescue the situation. So I think this is the importance now of associations having qualified professionals sitting in certain offices doing the actual work on a day-to-day basis yeah that's the other bigger bigger problem that we have mike in our our sport our sporting codes and discipline we don't have those people we don't have the marketing executive you know i don't know why we think that marketing is not an issue mm. when it comes we expect and then we, we, the we call volunteers yeah exactly we expect the corporate to just come to us mm. could you see sutawina no there are some people that are supposed to be there drumming up support going out there is their job mm-hmm. this is their job Sales. to actually go to to you know it's a list so you couldn't the animal possible could i wouldn't get you know because remember they are, they've got their own core business somewhere yes. they are busy yeah. trying to sell their products you, somewhere you're, else. you're asking for, for, exactly. the, for their money as well so exactly. you, you've actually got to go with something exactly. tangible for them to consider that's a conversation we want you to get in on send your thoughts as we discuss a netball and generally the endorsements that are coming the way or are not coming the way of women's sport in Zimbabwe 0731 168045 that's our number 0731 during the fan zone we'll be reading as many of your messages as we can quick breather and when we come back on the other side we're talking American sport the NBA in our international sports news from the front of the grid to the back of the net, it's CFM Sport. International Sports News Roundup, where the world comes out to play. Whether it's the NBA or NFL, the best of America on CFM Sport. The messages already started to come in on 0731168045. Don't get left out of the conversation. We're also on Twitter and Facebook where you can follow and interact with at ZFM Score Sports. Let's go stateside where the Clippers have suffered a big blow as all-star guard Paul George suffered a knee injury which could keep him out of action for some time uh, as the battle for playoff spots intensifies in the NBA. George left the Clippers a 101 to 100 loss to the Oklahoma City Thunder late in the fourth quarter. Now, NBA pundit Don McLean uh, says he hopes uh, Paul George's injury isn't serious. What we hear about Paul George is way more important in the next, however, whenever we get the information is way more important in the big picture of things than what happened tonight. Again, a disappointing loss, but we need to wait to see what PG and, and what's his deal. You, you have to be feeling good if you're if you're even attempting a 360 dunk off a back cut in a half court set. That wasn't like it was a a breakaway for PG. But yeah, he's been playing at a high level. He and Kawhi both. That's why they're in the position they're in. And it's just again, it's just you hope that that it's a good diagnosis. Z. All right, uh, take a look at uh, the standings out in the West, Chris. Uh, the Clippers still in a relatively good place mm-hmm. as things look because they're in fifth place. Yep. Uh, and uh, they've, of course, got a decent record. But 
they are now missing one of their key performers. How important is George to this team? I, I really think he's one of the key players for the Clippers. I think this is a devastating blow. Just taking a look at what this injury could do, devastating blow for the Clippers. Um, they were playing some of their best basketball, I think. They've won five out of six games before losing to the Thunder. They're currently, like you said, fifth in the Western Conference. And he was team leading with 23.8 points per game. And for me, that's a chunk of change. Yeah, that's a chunk of change. And he's one of their key performers. And uh, things are quite tight out in the West. So that fifth place uh, could actually turn out to be seventh or eighth if mm. they go on a losing streak. So they'll be worried. They'll be scratching their heads. And they'll be hoping that they can get more uh, out of other players like Kawhi Leonard, uh, as well as, of course, Russell Westbrook, who has joined the... LA Clippers uh, during that uh, mid-season trade uh, period but uh, the West is very interesting we talked about the Lakers a couple of weeks ago and we were saying hey mm. they're now in the playoff spots they're now out of the playoff spots <laughs> and it's, it's worked out very interestingly and that competitive nature I think at this point you can't afford to lose any games there's still I think 10 games left in the regular season and if these teams don't continue doing what they're doing like you said the Lakers possibly drop off upcoming key games for you New York Knicks at uh, Miami Heat the Golden State Warriors at the Dallas Mavericks that should be a good game uh, Phoenix Suns at the Lakers and Oklahoma City Thunder at the LA Clippers Hi, my name is Luke Baamute, Los Angeles Clipper small forward, and you're listening to ZFM Sport. Around the world in 60 seconds, international sports news. We take off in New Zealand where reigning champions the Crusaders have been hit by injuries to Sam Whitelock and prolific winger Severis ahead of Friday's Super Rugby Pacific Clash with the unbeaten Brumbies. In India, three wickets apiece from Hardik Pandya and Kuldeep Badab left India in need of 270 to win against Australia in the series deciding third and final one day international in Chennai. Let's take a look at the way things are looking. Australia 269, India 246 for 9 in 48.2 overs. India need 24 runs in 10 balls. In news from Serbia, Serbia, Novak Djokovic insists he has no regrets over missing events due to his COVID-19 vaccination status and has congratulated Carlos Alcaraz for taking his place as world number one. We'll touch down in Ukraine where Tyson Fury versus Alexander Usyk fight is now off. Talks to make the undisputed heavyweight title fight have failed to reach a conclusion according to USAC's promoter. Get in touch with the team and have your say your way. Operator. A reminder of our numbers, 0731-168-045. You can send voice notes if you wish, but just make sure that you keep them short enough and keep them clean. Right, our messages are coming in here. And it, this one reads Corporates and governments mm, I like that They've cut to the chase uh, Are good at ambush marketing uh, oh, And then yeah. he talks about yeah. Of course an organisation One of our telecoms that pulled out Of sponsoring the local PSL league Because of a local business rival That had joined the fray At the most corporates appear When a team has already qualified That is Bla Munya And I think he's referring he's of course To when Net One jumped Net in On the Econet gig And you can't say he's he's far from right. Uh, he's he's very right. 
Yeah, when they're scoring, when the when they're doing well in the World Cup, then we want to predict and win oh, what oh, the oh, when someone else has gone into that area then we see it working for them yeah. and then we also want to uh, get into that area yeah we we, we don't have our uh, eyes you know our visual eyes you know like gonna vision could you know what this thing might just actually explode we might actually be part of this uh, from the beginning then by the time it grows we grow together we don't have those we want to see something that is already matured and we just want to uh, be part of it just to you know to i think uh, what do we gain out of it can what we help this, this can we help grow? yeah yeah right clarence and waterfall says one problem in zimbabwe is that the bureaucrats and administrators are the stars of the show they don't have an appreciation for sport and the athletes i was discussing Discussing this with someone, yeah, Chris, and I was saying that true. when you take a look at our back pages, if we have to go, let's say, the last five years on average and just lay down every back page, uh, you probably find out that it was the administrators that dominated, dominated news yeah. on the back page yeah. instead of the stars and the athletes. Yeah. And so it becomes very difficult to sell it, it the, athletes the fan and base. stars yeah. and it kills the fan base because we're talking more about scandal, we're talking about the yeah. administrators rather Money than talking missing. about the stars. Yes. <laughs> and it's. it's <sighs> It, it builds such a conundrum, I think, for, for anyone who's then trying to invest. Is first of all, when it comes to the stories that are being told, we're not hearing the positive stories. Majority yeah. of what's of being pushed at the moment is the scandals, the negative stories. So it's then very difficult to say, okay, as a marketer, I'm going to put my marketing dollars on this. If first of all, you're not seeing the distinctive stars. You're not seeing, okay, who, who are the personalities who we can... Um, sort of take a look at in this foray do they do they what they represent doesn't work for our brand do we have synergies that we can make sense of here and those are some of the things we should be looking at but also i think our marketers are a bit immature <laughs> for example take a look at south africa you can have a team that is sponsored by Bidvis Bank yep. playing in the FNB Stadium yep. in the Ned Bank Cup. Yes. And everybody's yep. happy. Absolutely. Yeah. But as soon as here we have competition from uh, um, someone in a similar industry, yeah, you want out. to we, take we, we your hands off. Out, yeah. It's immature. It's immaturity. It's true. Chirandupa Warren Park D says, where's our sports minister in all of this? She should just swim out of uh, her portfolio because she's failed football, netball, ETC. And uh, questioning, of course, the Sports Minister. And uh, that's not the first person to question our Sports Minister. Mm. We ourselves in the studio have questioned the Sports Minister and a lot of people have uh, questioned the value that she has brought in. You know, uh, it's very difficult to see the value that has been brought in or the impact that has been made by Kirsty Coventry because a lot of people were hopeful that because of her exposure, because Mm. of her relationships at the IOC and in the biggest sporting world yeah. that should make an impact. It's difficult to see where and how she's made an impact. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's very sad in that regard, Mike. Even the ordinary fan, he was very hopeful because of what she was. You know, everyone was prepared to rally behind sport because of her. Because she, remember, she united the nation mm. by those Olympic gold medals. You know, the nation was all behind her. And now when she came as sports minister, she was she brought all the eyeballs the mm. nation was the goodwill the yeah. goodwill was there but then she went 
quiet and just disappeared you know when now when she is needed the most mm. she is not coming she's, 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 she's not coming very sad is that the bow is on the ground it, it was not high it was not even high it was it was someone just to move the needle just a bit yeah. hello uh, to all zfm uh, sportscasters and listeners yesterday you you guys said you don't know gogochoro and she came on zfm stereo at around 8 to 9 pm yesterday well tagatava really she did oh my god that's 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 interesting hi guys i'm a big fan of the show genuine questions pay up on to a national budget and announced money dedicated to sport does that figure incorporate all world cup qualifications because we have a lot of world cup co- co- competitions we take part in such as the netball world cup t20 cricket rugby karate etc okay. that is from z in southerton uh, I, i don't think the the budget uh, considers uh, that i don't think nah, yeah. I, i don't think so uh, to be honest uh, honestly speaking i've i haven't since 1980 i haven't really felt the money from the government in sport I haven't really felt it uh, to, to to be honest. I can talk about the construction of the renovations of Ruparo Stadium in 1995 for the All Africa Games, Zone 6 Games. Hey, someone Blower, was York. born in 1995 yes. is nearly you know, 30 those years ones. old. Just But for context. To, to actually feel it as in mm. in the national team and we are going to ah guys this mm. is coming from the government. This this I I I have uh, really so nah, Let, Let's wrap it up with a message from Socks. It's a very long message here Socks. So I'm going have to paraphrase you say zimbabwe needs to cultivate a culture of having lawyers accountants advertising and marketing executives coming in to run our sports and arts associations and engage corporates and the state in a meaningful way my former players passion what what we need to stop presenting sport as recreation it's business yeah. corporates need to be presented with incentives like tax breaks for sponsoring government needs to be presented with figures of how the fiscus will benefit whether immediate or long term if they agree to tax breaks etc we need people in place who can structure and sell such concepts and conversations your your hit mu- music station my station your station it's everybody's station z fm stereo the big leagues the big teams the big players the beautiful game on z fm sport drum the roaring fans take a ride on the wild side with the africa report on cfm sport We kick off at the continent where newly appointed head coach of the Ghana Black Stars, Chris Uton, says his focus is to develop a winning team that can achieve major success during his tenure. The former Brighton man who served as technical advisor for the senior side during the 2022 FIFA World Cup in Qatar was appointed by the Ghana Football Association last month to help end the team's 41-year wait for a trophy. Let's hear from Chris Uton. To represent Ghana and the Black Stars as the head coach... is something that I'm incredibly proud of. It's something that I will give uh, everything um, to make the team as successful as possible. Um, it's something that I will do to make sure that, that the communication and the relationship that I have with this association, for those around the association, uh, and of course the supporters, uh, to give all of my best. So it's something that I'm hugely looking forward to, uh, but very much, Our game is about support. 
and as I said, support from the association, uh, but mostly the support from uh, the huge array of fans that we have. And that starts with obviously a very difficult game at, uh, at uh, Kumasi on, uh, on Thursday. Uh, Chris Uton there uh, speaking uh, is going to have his first competitive matches uh, uh, Alois in charge of Ghana and there seems to be a foundation judging by what we saw at the World Cup we saw a decent Ghana side yes they didn't make headway in the tournament but we saw them play decent football so he does have a foundation to work with yeah I, I like the way Ghana uh, uh, do, their, do their things you know they, they, they love their football they are I think football culture in Ghana is uh, very deep-rooted. You know, when you look at uh, their history as well, when they qualified for the, almost qualified for the semi-finals in South Africa the other time, it, it was a crop of younger players that you could actually see that they are going somewhere. They won the under-20, they were in the under-20 World Cup, and they went all the way to the senior team. So now, we look at the situation like you're saying now, there's a team that actually performed well at the World Cup, and they, they're not like an old old squad. They've got a squad that can actually go for another World Cup at the moment. And they still have their junior structures, their junior national teams. They're still coming through as well. So he is actually a very good, uh, solid base, like you said. He has got senior players doing well. And he also has the junior national teams also doing well. Where he can actually mm. go down pick. And, and, and pick uh, uh, the, the best ones from the junior setup. I want to talk about the selections here, Chris, uh, mm -hmm. because uh, that's where Alois has taken the conversation. Uh, we do have of course names that we know and associate with the Black Stars that have been uh, selected so you've got uh, Tarek Lamti uh, from Brighton mm -hmm. he's in the team we've got Gideon Mensa is in the team Mohamed Salisu of Southampton is in the team Thomas Pate uh, is in the squad uh, Jordan Ayu is in the squad you also of course have got uh, the likes of Mohamed Kudus but who are some of the young bright sparks that he's brought into that squad that he's expecting to rejuvenate and take Ghana Football forward. I think for me, taking a look at those players, uh, Patrick Pozo, uh, Majid Ashimeru, Joseph Wallacott, um, those are in his 25-man squad for this month's Africa Cup of Nations qualifiers against um, Angola. So when you're taking a look at just that spread of those three players, young players, we don't know these names yeah. necessarily. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think you'd have to be deep into Ghanaian football. It shows you that he's, he's, he's been scouting. scouting. Yes, he's been scouting. He's looking for good players and he's giving them a chance, which for me means he's a really started the process of rejuvenating this team and he's not waiting again for there to be a gap mm. to say oh by the way we probably mm. need to blend in some yes. new players here and I think that's one of the most important attributes as a new coach coming in ensure that you've got the pieces in place for continuity. Right uh, let's give you of course uh, an update of uh, the Africa Cup of Nations qualifiers they are kicking off in fact they have kicked off uh, Group A Sierra Leone and Sao Tome we can tell you that Sao Tome has taken a surprise lead in that game that game is into added time of the first half. They are leading 1-0. And in Group L, Rwanda is leading Benin 1-0. If you wonder what Benin is, it's the nation we call Benin. Benin. Uh, so Rwanda <laughs> is leading 1-0. And that game is at halftime. Neymar. Mbappe. And now the king of Zemmour. Enjoy the taste of French football on CFM Sport.
A football pundit, Julian Lorenz, says it was no surprise that Kylian Mbappe was named the new captain of the national football team. Antoine Griezmann will be the vice-captain of France, despite reports suggesting he was questioning his international future after being snubbed for the captaincy. Let's hear from Julian Lorenz. Deschamps preferred him to Griezmann. Griezmann will be the, uh, the vice-captain, but... It's all about Kylian really taking over after the captaincy of Yoris, who stayed captain for 14 years between 2008 and 2022. And we saw the World Cup in Qatar in 2022, the, the leadership stepping up really from Kylian Mbappe. So it's not a surprise. We knew it was between Mbappe and Griezmann. Maybe a Pogba, had he been fit, would have been in a conversation, but he's not fit, he's not currently with the squad. So it was down to two names. Deschamps Monday uh, told us in his press conference that it was the one who's going to be the most legitimate that he would pick, that also the sort of common, common sense and sort of joint decision with the squad, with the players. He asked a few of them what they were thinking, who they thought. He spoke to Mbappe, he spoke to Griezmann, of course, and decided in the end that Kylian Mbappe was the right guy to be the new France captain. Kylian Mbappe, captain of France. He was the top scorer at last year's World Cup, where France finished as runners-up to Argentina. And he is now set to lead the side, Le Bleu, during the country's upcoming Euro 2024 qualifiers against the Dutch and the Irish. Right call for you, Alois. You've got a big smile on your face. Uh, so this is a decision I'm sure you agree with. <laughs> I do. I do. I do agree. I, I do agree with that. You know, I think uh, coming from the uh, Engoye influence, mm-hmm. you know, he has got so much influence, positive influence for that matter. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone looks up to him. You know, when things are tight, they look at Mbappe, please do something. On the field of play. field of play, he's relatively uh, key yeah. exactly. as a brand as well. uh, Exactly. Not knowing his demeanor, Everywhere else, but I think, uh, as far as influence is concerned, mm. I'm not sure about his leadership qualities. Mm. We will see them as we go because this is his first uh, captaincy. So, as we go, we'll see how he goes. But I think this is actually a right, uh, a right move uh, by by uh, by Deham. All the rivalry. There goes Haaland, he's on his way again, he's hungry, he's scored, he always does, he always will, nothing more certain. And all the game-changing moments. Marcus Rashford, he can't miss at the moment, Marcus Rashford. All the updates from the Premier League on ZFM Sport. Now, Gareth Southgate's squad for England's upcoming Euro 2024 qualifiers against Italy and Ukraine has attracted criticism as the manager made a couple of notable omissions. Former England goalkeeper Ben Foster has suggested something has gone on after seeing Gareth Southgate leave Ben White out of his international squad. Football pundit Laura Woods says that there has to be a way for Ben White to play for England. Is there no way back? Do you know what I mean? Ben Ben White is is playing some brilliant football, um, and and he's versatile across that back yes. line, right back, centre back. You can you can utilise him there. Is there no way back? Does he does he not want to go back? Surely we, I don't know, Ali. I just feel like if you were someone like Gareth Southgate as well, who has a great connection with that team, yeah. Surely to sit down and say, let's discuss the way back. Laura Woods there, uh, you know, pleading that uh, there should be a way for Ben White to play for England. And 
when we take a look at on-field performances, everything suggests that Ben White should be in the squad at a bare minimum. Mm-hmm. He's playing for Arsenal, playing very well, and even just himself at a personal level, he's performing. Definitely. And when you're taking a look at these selections, it doesn't smell quite right for me. And we've always kind of questioned um, Gareth Southgate's selections and what methods he uses to select players. Mm-hmm. But this is a player who's been a regular table topper with Arsenal. And for me, when you're taking a look at why there's no place for him in the squad, it's it's tricky. Yeah, it's, it's very tricky. Another one is James Ward-Prowse, uh, Alois, the Southampton captain. What does he need to do to get into this England squad? Because he's played for Southampton, bottom of the league, but he keeps on giving inspirational performance after inspirational performance. And he's a good footballer. Also, one of the best in the world when it comes to set pieces. Yeah, um, I, I don't know, man. Uh, there are uh, coaches like that, you know, who don't uh, who don't trust players that are playing for smaller teams. You know, we, we also had uh, a situation like that with uh, uh, an old legend from the same club, uh, Matt Leticia. Mm-hmm. You know, he yes. brilliant player, but he was never a regular never within, selected, within, yes, within, yes. with the national he team. A, because a call up here. A call up there. here and there, you know. So I think what he needs to do, like the question you asked, he needs to move. He needs to make a move. Look at uh, Phillips. Mm-hmm. When he moved to, 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 Man, to Man City, he got a call up without even kicking a ball for mm-hmm. Man City, mm-hmm. but he was there. Mm-hmm. So probably that's what he needs to do. He needs to make a move to a bigger squad and uh, to a bigger team. And then I, I think because he deserves. I think with Southampton uh, looking like they're going to be relegated this season, uh, there's a possibility that uh, James Ward-Prowse uh, could be looking for employment elsewhere. Let's give you a quick update. Uh, regards Brazil, Manchester City goalkeeper Edison wants Real Madrid out of the Champions League so that coach Carlo Ancelotti <laughs> can come to Brazil as quickly as possible. <laughs> and has it come to that? You know, nations like Brazil, uh, Chris, you know, nations like Brazil, Italy, France, England even, they've always been fiercely patriotic in terms of wanting their compatriots to coach the national team. Yeah. But I think with Brazil, they felt like maybe they're underachieving and they just need to get a good manager in place. Has it come now where they need to look perhaps to Europe to get a good manager? And and I think when you get to a place where players are vocalizing some of these things, mm. and you probably said it in jest, to be mm. fair, but I think when you get to a place where players are vocalizing this and also just taking a look at how long the role has been vacant, mm. I think you want especially for players to have a sense of security and also know that you're in good hands. And for me, just he, he brushed off the suggestions um, around Brazil, but I think it's definitely a conversation that has been had and has been had to a serious level. So I think just for the safety and mental security of the players themselves, they want to see a good manager appointed regardless of what their background is. The fact that they've waited so long, Alois, it looks like they are waiting for someone who's in a job. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think so. And uh, obviously, uh, Edison is just throwing a hint mm. here for, uh, to tell us who they are waiting for. And I agree 100%. I, I think he's a perfect fit. Plus, uh, like we were saying, that they might just need somebody from... Most of their players are playing in Europe now. Mm-hmm. Any player who comes out good in the Brazilian league at 18, 19 is already in Europe. Yes, yes. So maybe they want that continental feel from the coach. You know, instead of playing the samba football with the coach in Brazil and then the player 
players are in Europe playing a different kind of football altogether. Maybe they now need something that can yeah, sing. something different, you know, something, something fresh, yeah, something and that, that could possibly act, yeah. be Carlo Ancelotti uh, coming out of Europe. We are out of time, but we'll be back here doing the very same thing at five past six tomorrow on Throwback Thursday. Don't forget to play safe and keep it clean. Until then, good evening, Zimbabwe. me and the team for all the latest breaking news out of the world of sport local as well as international on your favorite station my station your station zfm we are z team on zfm sport z